since I moved to Los Angeles a few years ago, I've become that sort of stereotypical lady who always talks about her balcony type. (laughs) You know, what I'm trying to write about, the healing nature of art, the trouble with healing is you have to have an injury. (laughs) And staring at the injury was very painful. From start to finish, the experience was pure bliss. I'm floating on my little stool right now in the studio. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet writer and translator Randa Gerard, acclaimed actor, writer, and director Ethan Hawke, and comedian and actress Catherine Cohen. Enter the studio and listen in as each of these authors, a memoirist, a novelist, and a poet, share what it was like to record their audiobooks. Enjoy. This is Randa Gerard. I wrote my book because I wanted to honor my body and the story of my body. When I think about what I really wanted to come across, both in the hardcover and the audiobook, It's to give listeners a sense that they are looking at a somewhat ornate Persian rug or other type of hand-woven rug. There's a line in the book where I say that my stories, my past, my trauma, my joys are all woven on the loom that is my body. And the book has many tiny interlinked moments that are supposed to be sort of the literal representation of those small, intricate patterns you see loomed on a handwoven rug. From far away, you can appreciate the totality, the colors, the patterns, the story that it tells. And Coming up close, you sense the minutia, the diminutive aspects of the self and our histories. I believe that all of us have such a story to tell and that it can be kind of overwhelming to try to capture it all. So I really enjoy challenges, and this book was my way of challenging myself to record, and share my stories. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be sparkly. I would say the booth that I'm in has all these bubbles on the wallpaper, these images, which I love, because I felt as though I was bubbling up to the surface of something while I was recording. And I mean, unfortunately, so did little baby burps and other tiny sounds. I loved the intimacy of speaking into a microphone and hearing my voice and hearing all those tiny little details of what goes into speaking your story out loud. And I have a really bubbly sense of gratitude that my voice exists and that I am able to read, literally, using my voice out loud, my own story. 
I realized I had trouble pronouncing uncomfortable and comfortable. See, now I'm even having trouble pronouncing it. <laughs> English is my second language, and there are certain words that are difficult for me and certain sorts of repetitions in consonants that can be very difficult for me. For example, the letter S. So it's hard to... For example, say, I uncomfortably sat still discussing something. <laughs> that was hard just now. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Rosie Perez. I have always wanted Rosie Perez to read any of my books. I actually will now go try to find any books narrated by Rosie Perez. I can just hear her. I can imagine her saying... Love is an ex-country by Rhonda Javar, read by Rosie Perez. I mean, I'm not doing it right, but, you know, she's a goddess. A goddess. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was Life as a Unicorn by Amru Al-Hadi. It's a beautiful memoir about Amru, who knew they were gay when, at age 10, they first laid eyes on Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I just really love Amru's story and Amru's voice, and I wish there were more stories by non-binary writers out there. I love listening to audiobooks while I hang out on my balcony. Since I moved to Los Angeles a few years ago, I've become that sort of stereotypical lady who always talks about her balcony type. <laughs> But it really is such a pleasure. Growing up, we always had balconies, you know, and my Egyptian mother, her connection with balconies has always been so inspiring and beautiful, just hanging out in a room that is kind of part of your house, right? You're not inside, you're not outside, you're marginal in some ways, and in Away, listening to an audiobook in such a space gives me the feeling that I am hanging out with an elder or an ancestor or someone whose story speaks to me at a time when we can all feel pretty isolated. I love being outside and feeling accompanied by narratives. I feel very lucky that I have that. And now, hear a clip from Randa Jarar's audiobook, Love is an Ex-Country. To be Palestinian is often to be silenced, erased, demonized, vilified, and monstracized. In America, Palestinians are terrorists, Muslims, ugly, violent, fetishized, traumatized. In much of the Middle East, they are an old problem during a time when there is an ongoing new problem, that of Syrian refugees. In Tunisia, where the PLO was exiled after Israel's war in Lebanon in 1982, Palestinians are celebrated and exalted. Hello, this is Ethan Hawke, and I just finished recording the audio version of my new novel, A Bright Ray of Darkness. Interestingly enough, I had the idea of this book 
almost 20 years ago when um, my last novel, Ash Wednesday, came out. The book had come out, and it was about an army soldier falling in love with a nurse, and it was this couple falling in love, told in dual points of view, and they're getting married. And as I read reviews of the book, I felt really upset. Not that the reviews weren't good. They were actually quite kind to me. But they all kept comparing the Jimmy Hartsock character to me, calling it like it was me. And they kept calling the Christy Walker character like it was my wife, who was also famous at the time. And it really bothered me that I'd gone through this huge effort to kind of disguise and create these different characters, but nothing I could do stopped the reader from trying to understand, you know, who was the actor. And I was doing the press tour, and I was actually in Germany where the book had come out, and I met this brilliant publisher, and he publishes great books in Germany. And I was at a dinner talking with him about this problem, and he said, you know, your problem is that you can't ignore the fact that you're famous, that people have heard of you, and they know you as an actor, and you're suffering the same dilemma that famous writers have. You're a very young writer. You don't deserve this because you're not a famous writer. You're a famous actor. But if you write, they're going to treat you like a famous person, the same way they treat Kurt Vonnegut or Gabriel Garcia Marquez, even though you haven't warranted. They, they read into the text. And he impressed on me. He's like, what you really should do is not be afraid of it and write about acting and use what you know about acting to create literature. You're never going to contribute to literature about the army the way that men who have served have already contributed to literature about fighting and war and military. So why are you even trying? I remember him saying Don DeLillo would need 25 years of research to be able to write about acting the way that you could. It struck me as a really interesting idea to try to use the salacious interest that I so didn't like that people were bringing and do something positive with it. Okay, you think I'm an actor? All right, I'll write about acting and I won't hide any of that. And I thought maybe I could take that kind of superficial interest and provide a substantive novel. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, what would that be? When you work on a novel, you become obsessed with the details and you don't really see the forest. You know, you become very concerned with every tree and blade of grass and every sentence and word choice. And you stop really seeing the thing in its totality. You try to thematically and things, and you know that there's certain things you're up to. But I was shocked at how dark the novel is and what a sad period of my life, you know, what I'm trying to write about, the healing nature of art. The trouble with healing is you have to have an injury. (laughs) And staring at the injury was very painful. So if there was one word, I would say it was painful. Is there a word or phrase you had trouble pronouncing? Oh, so many. I think I've mispronounced Dostoevsky my whole life, and I always thought it was elegiac. So many. My uh, producer is a very intelligent person and corrects me all the time. I am not proud of the narration at all. I think if I did the whole thing over again, I would probably do it better. But I think that I read it better than anyone else would have because I'm really familiar with the author's intent. So how's that? Sean Connery played Hotspur. And I always wanted to see him play Hotspur. If I'd had a young Sean Connery 
to read the book. You know, when you finish a movie, they always forget to call you a car. Something like that. I would have really enjoyed that. Well, I've enjoyed so many audiobooks. Well, James McBride's The Good Lord Bird is a novel that is very dear to my heart because I ended up playing a role in it. And I remember I listened to that on tape, and it was very powerful, very well done. I love to listen to an audiobook in watercolor and do something with my hands. I spend a lot of time alone in hotel rooms, away from my family, and so it's fun to paint them little watercolors and stuff. And I remember I listened to Cormac McCarthy's The Road, painting once for hours and had a life-changing experience. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Rehearsal for Shakespeare's Henry IV began promptly at 10 a.m. I hadn't slept at all, and the back of my throat still burned from puking. My first night at the Mercury had not ended well. I worried people could smell the alcohol seeping through my pores as I stepped off the elevator and into the rehearsal hall. I like old theaters or sweaty church basements, places where you can smell some history on the walls. This place was antiseptic. Spread over half the 27th floor of a corporate office building, our rehearsal area was roughly the size of a baseball diamond. The lengths of the far two walls were floor-to-ceiling windows. The lights, cops, and chaos of Times Square screamed mutely through the glass. It was distracting as hell. This is Katherine Cohen, author of the incredibly famous book, God, I Feel Modern Tonight, Poems from a Gal About Town. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be exquisite. From start to finish, the experience was pure bliss. I'm floating on my little stool right now in the studio. I wrote my book because I have too many feelings. I have more feelings than a normal person should. And so I had to put them on the page so as to get through my day. Narrating my audiobook was absolutely heaven on earth. The only thing I will say is that I should not have chugged a tiny, like, orange juice immunity blast booster before I hopped on the mic. Because there was, and we can all agree, everyone in the studio is nodding vehemently right now. It's like we all agree there was something in my throat at the beginning. But then through working together and with the help of two amazing water bottles, I was able to clear my throat and power through. I realized. I had trouble pronouncing the name of the exquisite soup sandwich coffee salad chain En Bon Pain. For years, I'd been saying En Bon Pain like a freaking idiot loser. And thankfully, I had two very helpful people in the stud who must have taken French at some point. I didn't. I took Spanish. Hola. And they told me that it was actually going to go ahead and be En Bon Pain. So the more you know. Oh my God, I am so excited for listeners to hear this book because I am really charming and talented and they're going to love it. (laughs) I'm excited for listeners to hear this book because it's rock and it's also roll. It's live, but it's also laugh. And also, it is love. Okay, this question is absolutely clinically insane. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I wouldn't let the book be recorded because I was born to read this book. If someone else read it, it'd be like, babe, why are you trying to steal my life and wear my skin around town? Get over it. 
And now hear a clip from Catherine Cohen's audiobook, God, I Feel Modern Tonight. Do you know a bunch of people paid hundreds of dollars to watch a man read the entirety of The Great Gatsby out loud on stage? Do you know I've never been laughed out of a room for saying my favorite book is Catcher in the Rye? My friend cuts my hair. My friend brings me flowers to put in a vase my friend made me. This bay window makes me happy to be sad. James says there's a difference between humor and satire, and that it's technically not a bay window if it doesn't extend to the floor. It's not fun being by yourself, and it's not fun being with someone else. That's not an original thought, which just makes it true. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.